<laughs> Welcome to Flakes and Giggles. My name is Anya. And today, today, it's spooky season! <laughs> We're going to be talking about haunted film sets. Cursed film Cursed sets. Cursed film sets. <laughs> um, we have a few. And we're just going to do it. We're just going to get right into it. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, okay. The first one I have is from the Poltergeist film. Also, I'm a witch. <laughs> I oh, yeah. that if too. If you're not watching on YouTube, you won't be able to see us, but you should go. We're going to take a picture and we'll put it on Instagram. Um, Anya in- is a witch and I am Jessie from Toy Story. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm taking this hat off. Yeah, me too. I can't see. <laughs> but anyways, my first one is the Poltergeist. Um, where do I even start? So, okay. So this film is like known to be like cursed like the entire trilogy is and all of it has to do with one scene that happened in particular so there's a scene at the very end of the movie where I think the mom is in like a pool in their backyard and there's dead bodies in it there's mud there's water and it's all like mucky in there and she falls in and she's like struggling in there and it's really gross right and so the premise of the, the the context of the scene itself is like she found out that like a bunch of people were buried on the properties and those bodies were like rising up. Yeah, um, so that they filmed it, whatever. Um, a few years later, she ran into like someone from the prop department, like on the streets, and she was like, "Oh, hey, like must have taken you guys a lot to like make all of those like skeletons and whatnot." And then he goes, "Oh no, they were real. They were real." <laughs> Real corpse, real skeletons, real bodies in there. Because back then, in the 70s, like late 70s, early 80s, it was a lot cheaper to get real bodies than fake skeleton props that looked real. So she was quite literally like swimming and swallowing mucky water with decaying, rotting bodies in there. So that would mess you up for ever that would mess me up forever. yeah she she was like screaming in the scene because it was already like pretty scary uh-huh. but if she had known that those were real bodies the 70s <laughs> don't you just love them we were literally talking about this earlier we were like nowadays if you do any like intimate scene like if you even have to like hug and kiss you have an intimacy coordinator the crew like will leave the set like you it is like and back in the 70s they were like get in the body pool (laughs) that's it get get in the dead body did you know this was a steven spielberg film i did not know that i've also never seen it me either (laughs) (laughs) the thing about it is the Poltergeist film and The Exorcist, both, whenever I saw posters or even, like, scenes from the movies or trailers, it gave me, like, really, really bad, like, vibes, like, really bad energy. And I'm somebody who loves horror films, and I never get those kind of types of vibes 
from other ones, mm-hmm. but those ones in particular has just always like really freaked me out. The like way they had Reagan's face in The Exorcist yeah. for like the seven, not even just for the seventies. Like coming from the seventies, that is still. When I was looking this up, every time her face popped up on like yeah. an article or whatever, I was like, mm. I can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah, so gross. Yeah, Ugh. and I, I feel like because of the fact that like both of us get like really bad vibes from it i feel like maybe they are cursed maybe there is something more to it because after filming that scene after the movie came out in a span of six years they made three poltergeist films and in in the span of those six years um four well more than four people but four people in particular who were part of the main cast all passed away under, like, different circumstances, but it is really messed up that four people from the same franchise, all, like, part of the main cast, all, all died. Yeah. So, the first girl, her name is Dominique Dunn. She played the eldest sister in the first film, and she was, like, brutally murdered by her ex-boyfriend, yeah. who showed up at her house, wanted to get back together. They started fighting, and he strangled her. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've like, seen a lot of podcasts done on her, and it's mm-hmm. a really awful story. It is. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, their name is Julian Beck. Um, they were battling, like, stomach cancer, and they passed away eight months before the premiere. Mm, I have so, one like that, too. It's, like, right before... The, yeah. yeah, and they didn't even get to see the film. And they played Reverend Henry Kane in Poltergeist 2. And then there was a guy named Will Sampson who played, like, a Native American shaman in the Poltergeist 2 as well. And he died post-operative after having a heart and lung transplant. Ooh. I know. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> That is rough. And then the, I feel like the kind of like the most disturbing one was Heather, and she was the little girl in Poltergeist One. Oh, I, oh, and she was young. She was twelve when she died. So the um, the doctors diagnosed her with Crohn's disease, um, but they actually misdiagnosed her. That wasn't what she had. Basically, she had like an acute bowel obstruction, and if they had like detected it or if they didn't misdiagnose it, she would have lived because you could have corrected that with surgery. Did she like die of sepsis or something? Yeah, yeah. That's ooh. it was like caused by the blockage. That's awful. It was like the toxins from that. Her mom like sued the doctors and everything, and that's why she should. Yeah. Um, and then the last part is not really a death, but this was something that happened in the film. Mm-hmm. So there was one scene where a little boy, like child actor, he was supposed to get choked by like a mechanical like clown puppet under the bed. A terrifying scenario already. <laughs> terrifying scenario. <laughs> like he was supposed to be under the bed and this like clown toy mechanical puppet was supposed to like get possessed and like start choking him. Okay. And what happened was in that scene while they were filming it, um, the the mechanical puppet actually malfunctioned and actually started choking him. And so everyone's like, it's really wild that a toy that was supposed to be possessed and choke a child actually did the thing that it was supposed to, <laughs> but without someone controlling it. How did it know? How did it know? So everyone's like, it's, it truly is cursed. And Sp- mm. Steven Spielberg had to like step in and like rescue a child. And that child apparently went on to just be traumatized of 
clowns. Absolutely. For good reason. Yes. <laughs> so, I would be scared of clowns, beds, um, robots, um, <laughs> everything. everything. Life. <laughs> Life. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all the cursed stuff I could find on Poltergeist. Okay. They all sound kind of unrelated, and, like, you could, like, they are all, like, not connected deaths at all, mm-hmm. but it is, like... Yeah, and they're it's not like creepy. spooky deaths. They're like actual real tragic deaths. Yeah. But it's it is just strange that they happened from the same franchise. Yeah, within that time yeah. period. Yeah. Like when you talk about Glee, even the the people who have passed away in the Glee franchise, it's it's been over a long period of time. Yeah. And it's just like very unfortunate. It's just those are strange because they happened in that short, yeah, short time. They and there were more deaths. Like there were a lot of like side characters and like people that were had smaller roles that all died as well. Mm-hmm. But they were all like like the right before the film premiere or right after it comes out, and it, it was just in that time frame. Yeah, and that was really that was really strange. Especially a twelve year old. Like it's, it's not even like it's a bunch of like eight year old guys that are dying. No, it's like, a little girl. Yeah. It's two younger girls, yeah. a 22 year old and a 12 year old. Mm. Yeah, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to do your next one or should I go? You go. Okay. I want to hear about The Exorcist. So I only did The Exorcist because there's so much. <laughs> um, so we're going to start out with the very beginning. They build their set um, and they're working in this house, um, and a fire breaks out in the house prior to filming. So they haven't filmed anything. There's nobody in the set. Um, so no one was injured in it, but the fire pretty much ravaged the entire set except for Reagan's bedroom, which was not touched by the fire, which is the scene where they film all of her like levitation possessions, whatever. Okay. So then they rebuild from this fire. It takes them six weeks. Okay. Um, and then they literally, and I don't know if this is true because it sounds a little, I don't know. They said that, like, the whole set is then covered in, like, frost. And people have, like, debunked this and said that something went wrong with their AC, which is totally possible. It's just strange that it would completely catch on fire and then, like, completely freeze within the time period of them building the set. A little weird, right? <laughs> and Reagan's bedroom didn't burn at all. And then they're like, okay, great. We've rebuilt the set. It's taken us six weeks. We are so behind. Let's get this going. And then two of the main actors have relatives who pass away. So they have to go to funerals, which delays filming even further. So then they're like, okay, the world really does not want us to make this movie, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, And then we get filming. And then Ellen Bernstein, Bernstein? I don't know how to say that properly. I think it's Bernstein. Um, And Linda Blair. Linda Blair plays Reagan, the little girl who gets possessed. Ellen Bernstein plays her mother. Okay. Okay. And they both suffer back injuries on the set. Both of them. I heard about the little girls one. Yes. So Linda, who plays Reagan, the little girl, she is attached to a rigging. It's kind of like a board on her back. Yeah. She's laying in bed. Um... And it kind of throws her about. It's like thrashing her back and forth. And part of it becomes like unlatched from her. So she's not moving with this board anymore. The board is moving and she's moving on top of it. Mm -hmm. And she's being thrown about. 
And they're recording this and they're like, wow, this little girl is really putting her whole, you know, like everything into this scene. She's screaming. She's crying. She's, you know, giving it the best acting you've ever seen in your whole life. No. She fractured her spine. <laughs> she oh. fractured She fractured her lower spine. And she was, in fact, not acting. She was in incredible amount of pain. And imagine... You're, like, in pain. You're trying to ask for help. But they're like, this is amazing. Like, keep it up. Like, keep going. Yes. Ah. And you know what? I'm like, thank God for the safety measures on sets now. I'm like, can we have a safe word? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like she should have been, like, banana. Like, you know? (laughs) And then they would have stopped it. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways, she now says that, like, it has caused her a lot of problems in her life. Mm -hmm. um, But she doesn't regret it. And, like, the exorcist made her who she was. So... It's unfortunate, but she's, she's okay now. Okay. Um, but obviously she fractured her spine. They could not record this again. So when you watch The Exorcist, this shot of her breaking her spine is in the final movie. Oh. So God. when you watch it, she's in real pain. Just so you know. And then Ellen. Ellen's is not really as bad. Okay, it's not as like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, she is attached to a harness and she is being pulled across the room. It's in a scene where Reagan is like throwing her mom across the room with demonic power, you know? (laughs) So she's being pulled by this harness, like across the room. Um, and she falls onto her tailbone and it like, (laughs) spine. Um, yeah. And she didn't break her spine, but still, (laughs) that's horrible. Um, and then we have, there was, there was nine deaths associated with cast and crew and relatives. That's um, a lot. nine. That's a lot. There are some like really rough ones, including like newborn babies and, um, stuff like that. So I'm not going to go into all of them because I feel like I'm like, let's just let the newborn babies rest also probably like a true crime episode out there literally um so i'm just gonna say and ellen bernstein bernstein i'm sorry has um said this herself that nine people adjacent to the film um died during or directly after production um and jack mcgowan was an actor in the movie he died a month short of the release of the movie Mm. of influenza. So the flu. So we never got to see the movie. Um, and you thought that was all. No, it's about to get a whole lot crazier because there was a serial killer in the exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Just if you thought it couldn't get worse. Okay. (laughs) Picture this. We are in a hospital room. Reagan is in the bed. And the directors say, we want to make this as accurate as possible. She has, um, it's some sort of like tubing that's going into her neck in the, in the shot. And they were like, we want to make it look real. We want to make all the medical stuff look real. So they go out and they find people who actually have like medical background. And they find this guy named Paul Bateson. And he was a radiographer, question mark. Um, What's a radiographer? I think it's like x-rays. Oh, okay. X-ray tech. Okay. It might not be. 
<laughs> but anyways, um, so he is, if you go back and watch the movie, which I literally haven't, but I read, he's kind of the one that is sitting at the end of Reagan's hospital bed and he's comforting her. Mm. Um, and he's not really, I guess, the main like nurse in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie was released in 1973 in 1979, Paul Bateson was convicted of killing um, Addison Verrill. Verrill? Addison Verrill, I'm going to go. Um, Addison Verrill was a film journalist, so he was kind of in the same industry, but they met at um, a gay bar in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Paul Bateson and Addison, they, they meet... They go back to Bateson's hotel, um, apartment and they hook up, right? They're doing their thing. And then at the end of their hookup, Veryl says, like, that's kind of all I want from you. Like, I don't really want anything else. And Bateson does not take this rejection well, as men don't. Oh, well. So Bateson stabs... As men do. As men do. <laughs> Bateson stabs Veryl, takes... $57 from this poor man and goes out and buys alcohol with it. Oh my God. So he hooks up with this man. He takes this innocent man's life, takes $57 out of his wallet and then goes and buys alcohol with it and spends the next week absolutely hammered off of his, you know. Oh my God. So then they're like, huh, this is interesting. There is, um, allegedly a bunch of other murders going on in this, um, gay club community, um, in the seventies. We all know this. Mm-hmm. This is like a big part of the seventies in New York, right? Um, I feel like there were a lot of like, yeah, serial killers, mm-hmm. murders. I feel like the Manson family was also seventies, eighties, weren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. It's like a lot in New York city. <laughs> like why? Yeah. And they also had the club kid murders in New York City. That's right. all other... Anyways, so that's all going on. So the police are looking in on this, and they're like, who killed this guy? They're not really getting anywhere. And then one of the lead detectives gets a phone call. And it is a man telling this story. I hooked up with Veryl. I stabbed him. I took $57. I bought alcohol. I'm drunk. Right? <laughs> and he's like, who are you? And the guy is like, mm-mm. Um, He's like, let me confess, but let me not tell you who I am. Right. Um, So then a couple days later or a day later or something like that, the detective gets another call and it is not from the guy who confessed. It is from another man who says, I know who murdered Addison Verrill. It's Paul Bateson. Um, And they bring Paul Bateson in and he pretty much tells the exact story verbatim that the detective heard on the phone call. So they were like, okay, you're our guy. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple things, um, like a credit card and some like substance on the ground that the police hadn't released to the public that Bateson had known about. Mm. So they were like, this is our guy. Right. Yeah. And he was convicted in 1979. So this was six years after the exorcist was released and he was sentenced to a uh, life sentence in prison. He served 24 years. He was released in 2003 oh. on parole. Oh. Don't you worry, though. He was released when he was 63 years old. Oh, okay. Um, he 
was alleged. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly murdered some other people. But this was never confirmed. Confirmed. So allegedly. Um, and he kind of went off the map. He's said to have moved upstate New York. Um, and no one really could get in contact with this man for a very long time. Um, but then there was uh, like a social security record of someone with the same name and the same social security number that passed away in 2014. No, sorry. September 15th, 2012. Okay. So he is dead, but he literally lived, what is that, nine years out of prison after in New York, and no one knew, like, where he was. What he was up to. Yeah. Yikes. 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 I don't under, like, I, I don't know, I've never understood people that, like, get out after, like, murdering people and integrate back into society. No. Like, I just... But, also, when I was younger, I thought a life sentence meant, like, for life. Like, I didn't know it was just, like, 13 years. So sometimes, like, when you hear, like, like, sentences and they're like, I give you five life sentences or, like, 16 life sentences, I was like, ooh, it's, like, for flair. Like, (laughs) like, they did really bad. Like... (laughs) I was like, it's eternity and beyond. Like, no, I didn't know that it was only like 13 years. I think I found that out like, I don't know, like when I was like in high school or something like that. I was like, that's crazy. I think in the States it's like 20, 25 or something. Okay. I think in Canada it's more lenient. Yeah. (laughs) Why? I just thought it was for added drama. No, right. I'm like, but why is it called a life sentence? If it's not a life sentence. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless it's, like, life sentence without the possibility of parole. Because then you're, like, you can't get paroled, right? So you're mm-hmm. in there forever. But, like, this guy got released on parole mm-hmm. after 24 years. And That's then later, he would have lived until he was, what, 70... I know I'm so bad at math. 70-something. <laughs> Early 70s. <laughs> <laughs> That's still scary because if we look at the Golden Bachelor, they're like in their sixties and seventies and they're living life. Right. They are fine. Yeah. So he could have if he wanted to. I just think this story is so strange because he started off as a radiographer. This man went to med school, mm-hmm. right? Well, I don't know what a radiographer is. So I- I'm assuming he went to med school. <laughs> I'm assuming you have to go to some sort of med school to, like, do x-rays, which I think is what a radiographer is. Okay. Radiologist? Radio. <laughs> it could also be, like, medical, like, tech programs. Because then those you don't need to go to school for. Those are, like, certificate programs and stuff. But you know what? You can go. <laughs> Let Let's search cool. up what like, a radio. Why are just speculating? Okay. <laughs> radio. Not even on crime, but on a career. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. Um, okay, yes. They take x-rays and other medical images to assist doctors in diagnosing diseases and in- injuries. So they're the people that take x-rays. So you definitely have to, like, go to med school for that, right? <laughs> I feel like... Anyways. Anyways. Let's just say this man worked in a hospital for however many years he worked in a hospital. Got weirdly recruited to do one of the most cursed horror movies of all time. Ever. And then because they on. wanted actual people with medical backgrounds. Background. 
And then went on to kill people. Senselessly murder a film journalist, film journalist, all because he rejected him. This rejection was after, like, I don't want anything else with mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, he really could have just been like, okay, you can reject me, just buy me a bottle of alcohol. Right. And they probably would have been like, that's weird behavior, but okay. Like. Right, yeah. That is all. And I will put my sources in the little show notes. Mm-hmm. I'll give you my sources too. I have two more. Great. One is very short. It's from the Amityville Horror. Um... That was based on a real story where the oldest son, like, killed the entire family, right? Like, he Mm -hmm. shot the family. Um, So there was an original and there was a remake. We're just going to talk about the remake. There were two things that happened that were kind of, like, weird. One was when they were starting to film, they had to film, like, at a boat, like, house. And right before the filming started, I think, um, there was a real like dead body that like floated up from the lake that they were shooting at and everyone's like oh (laughs) what a good omen (laughs) yeah this is great um there's not a lot more details on like the death or anything but ryan reynolds (laughs) was like it's a densely populated lake you know like i'm Mm -hmm. sure it was just an accident they were like i don't think it was like a murder yeah, you know, you never know how many yeah. bodies are in a lake you're swimming in. Yeah. Unfortunately. Especially also the ocean. <laughs> and then the other thing that happened was um, the cast and crew, including Ryan Reynolds, all kept waking up at 3.15 a.m. for, like, a few days. Is Amityville the one where that happened in... I've literally read this book. Is that the one that... Or is that Conjuring? Conjuring also had a time. Okay, it was like 3.18 or something. Like, it was Mm -hmm. 3 in the morning. Yeah. Spooky, okay? It's like the witching hour. It really is. But um, the crazy thing about the 3.15 thing is the actual murders of, like, in real life when the son started murdering his family was actually around that time. It was between 3.15 and 3.30 that he started shooting people. So everyone's like, Hmm. Why are we doing this movie and why are we waking up at the exact time when the massacre happened? But then Ryan Reynolds, he's my source. <laughs> um, hey, Man City Reynolds. Um, <laughs> sponsor us. Um, Mobile, sponsor us. <laughs> um, he was saying that, oh, it's probably like a subconscious thing. Like it was written in the script. So everyone just, it, it was in the rain and then everyone just kept waking up. But it is weird that multiple people, cast and crew, all woke up at that same time. Like, I definitely understand the whole like, oh, I read this thing. So my brain just woke me up around that time. Mm-hmm. But also, what? It has, it has a little, it's, uh, it's got a little, <laughs> I'm getting a call. I think it's a scam call. Hello? You have been kicked from this conference. (laughs) (laughs) What? I didn't even hang up. They said you have been kicked from this conference and hung up on me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm leaving. 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 I'm
taking that in. That's so weird. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. I've had so many, not so many, what? <laughs> one other time where I think I used to like have my friends over, especially like middle school, high school. I used to have a lot of people over and I would just watch horror movies with them. Mm-hmm. And one time, this was like grade seven or eight, and I was, I had a bunch of girls over and we were watching, I think it was Apartment 13B or something like that. And it was a horror movie and it was fine. And then this was also around the same time when I was doing a Ouija board with my friends. Ha, mm-hmm. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> um, and then it was like middle of the day. And we were watching the film, and the film just ended. We're like, that was so creepy. Like, whatever, we're talking. And then me and this girl, let's call her Jane, we were sitting there. Our phones were beside each other, and they started ringing. And then on my phone, it said Jane was calling me. And on her phone, it said I was calling her. And I go, Jane, why are you calling me? And Jane goes, Amy, why are you calling me? And our phones were both ringing, and they were calling each other by itself. And Every single one of us screamed and ran out of the house. And we were like, we can't go back in. We can't go back in. And it was like 4 p.m. And we were like, this is really creepy. I know. And then we all, like, all of us were like, well, we have to go back in. Like, we have to. Like, this is my house. So we all go back in. And both of our phones were, like, really hot. And it was, like, turned off. Ew. (laughs) What? Why have you never told me that before? Because you're a skeptic. It just, like, I always forget about that story until that happened and I remember. That was weird. It was like a, a, a noise. Yeah. And then, you have been picked from this conference. And then hung up on me. What conference? <laughs> Is there money involved? Um, can I get a job? Hello? What conference? <laughs> That was strange. Like, why do you have my number? Also, why did it take so long? You were like, hello? And then it was like, nothing. That was weird. Is it because we're talking about this? <laughs> Are we cursed? <laughs> Not my house. Not <laughs> <laughs> like at all. Um, yeah. Put my hat back on. It's getting spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have one more. Which is the Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were again like deaths around this film, and this was a Roman Polanski film, mm-hmm. which we all know he is a vile man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, but it was really tragic because af- a year after this film was released, his wife Sharon Tate was brutally, brutally murdered by the Manson family. Yeah, speaking They're- of the Mansons. You were talking about them earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, hello. Sorry, you just what did you me? have? <laughs> um, yeah, there were I think four or five vi- victims in total, and there were like a hundred stab wounds between those victims. And if I'm not mistaken, she was pregnant, right? She was pregnant. Yeah. She was young. Yeah, and they murdered her. And then they wrote on the door with her blood. They wrote pig. With her blood. Because apparently, like, Manson told them, like, oh, make sure to leave, like, a note and make it witchy or something like that. So strange. I know. So, like, unnecessary. I know. 
And then another death that happened was John Lennon was assassinated outside the building where Rosemary's baby was filmed. Really? Yeah. It happened right outside the building. Huh. One time I was walking in New York with my parents and we were going to Central Park and I lived like, I used to live right on 72nd Street um, when I lived in New York. And so we were in the area, right? And I was like, oh, you guys, that is where John Lennon died. Right on that sidewalk. And my dad was like, that's very nice, Isabel. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I was like, I just can't. I thought it was historical facts, historical Dad. Historical facts. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm giving you a tour of New York. Clearly. <laughs> For free. I'm showing you everything. <laughs> That's really sad. I had no idea that was the building. Yeah, it's right outside that it's building. It's a very, very beautiful building. I can insert a picture here. It's called the... The, is it the Dakota? I think it's called the Dakota. If that is the wrong name, I'm going to be so embarrassed, but I think it's called the Dakota. Okay. I will believe you on that. Maybe don't. <laughs> there was... Okay, this one was a strange one. This one would be the strangest death in it, but the film composer, uh, Christoph Komodon? Komodon? You did so good. Thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, this is really sad. I don't know. I don't want to be laughing. But he was like, he fell off a cliff in LA and he was in a coma for, I think it was five days before finally like passing away. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing is his death mirrored, like it was exactly what happened to one of Rosemary's friends in the movie. Like they, like the, the witches like did it thing on him and then he fell off a cliff and was in a coma and then died and that's what, what happened to rosemary's friend hutch in the film and his death mirrored that it's creepy and it was right after he finished like doing his part on the film i don't think the film was even out yet he just finished working on the film went for a little hike or something and then yeah was it like exactly five days too like it wasn't the same or do you know i don't know that one they might not have said it in the movie mm -mm. Ew, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. That's creepy. Yeah. Working. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like speaking things into existence. Yeah. You're like working on something and you compose this film. You probably helped write it. And then you die the exact same way one of the characters did. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then... This one was, this one isn't a death, but Mia Farrow's was served divorce papers on set. Damn. By Frank Sinatra. Damn. <laughs> yeah, she was married to Frank Sinatra, and before she got, she signed on to this film, before filming started, he really wanted her to be in a different film called The Te Detective with him, and um, she, like, tried to make it work, so she was flying back and forth between New York and L.A. for Rosemary's Baby and The Detective, but he was like, that's not enough, and instead of, you know, figuring something out to make it work, he was like, no, that's not enough, I'm divorcing you, and she was served papers on set. On set, bro? That's just cruel. <laughs> wow. Also, I had no idea they were married. Me either. Frank Sinatra was one of those people where, like, I know he was, like, not that long ago, but for some reason he feels, like, long very long ago in my brain, yeah. you know? I think Frank Sinatra is a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> whenever I see pictures of him, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Especially like a young Frank Sinatra. I'm like, wow. Oh my god. <laughs> it's our picture. It's our picture here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna insert a picture of Frank Sinatra and some freaking divorce papers. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last one was just about Roman Polanski. Um, He, if you don't know, assaulted a minor, and he only spent 42 days in jail. Let's all give it up for the judicial system. Yes. Yes. Um, So what happened was um, he, like, invited this girl, Samantha. Samantha... Geese. Wow, why am I? It's okay, try again. <laughs> try again. <laughs> Samantha Gamer? Gamer? Anyways, she was 13 years old and he invited her for a photo shoot, a series of photo shoots, multiple. And the actual event happened at Jack Nicholson's house where Roman Polanski gave her drugs and alcohol and a bunch of other stuff and then assaulted her multiple times. That is absolutely vile. Yeah. Like, sick to my stomach vile. Yeah, and this all happened after the murders of Sharon Tate. And it was, like, in one of the stuff I was reading, they were like, he went down, like, a road of, like, crime and drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, mm, mm. Or maybe he's a terrible person. Maybe he's just a terrible person, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, he only spent 40 days. 42 days in jail for that. That actually enrages me so Doesn't it? much. Yeah. Not only, like... <sighs> and, like, he, like, moved to, like, Europe, like, in France, and he, like, is just living there. Mm. No. I'm, like, if, especially as a child, lock him up and throw away the key. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to see that man's face again. She was 13. 13! That's a baby! That's a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are everything. He's cursed. If anything, I'll say for it's sure. Him. Cursed. Roman mm-hmm. Polanski. Yeah. So yeah, that's everything I have. All these cursed sets. Like, I really want to work on a horror film, but I really hope my horror film is not cursed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, well, you know what? Here's the thing. If you believe it's cursed, that's one thing. If you believe that it was like... Weird coincidences. It was the 70s, so the mechanics were, like, bad. Yeah. And it was the 70s, so you could swim in dead bodies and not go to jail. Mm-hmm. Then you're probably fine. Yeah. Nowadays. I think so, too. Yeah. I think the only thing I can think of with, like, curses that actually has a real possibility is on the set of Vampire Diaries and, like, the originals. They have a lot of, like, witches, and they do a lot of curses. And the author was talking about how she would, like, search up, like, real spells, and then she would switch a few words from Latin to, like, a different language, and, like, she would just switch a few words, but then she would, like, actually leave, like, real spells. And then 
um, one time, Witches of New Orleans actually called her up and said, you're playing with fire that you don't understand. Like, stop this. And she was laughing about it. And I'm like, it's one thing to like not believe in like curses and witches and powers and magic, but there's obviously a lot of people who do. Mm-hmm. And like, if someone is like calling you up and it's like, what you're doing is actually really dangerous and you're cursing real people. I feel like that's kind of like, you would just take a step back and just go, maybe I should just make up little jiggles yeah, by yeah, myself yeah. and not look up real spells and pull from it. Yeah. You know? That reminded me of something that I didn't write down. And because I didn't write down, I don't know exactly who it was. But one of the actors um, on the Exorcist set was walking one day, um, just like going for a stroll around his neighborhood or something. And an actual like pastor or priest came up to him in real life and was like, people who, um, it was a lot, he used some fancy words, but he was like pretty much people who like play with the devil and show him for who he truly is will like reap the consequences. And that was like completely out of nowhere. The movie wasn't out yet. Like this guy was just some random pastor that was like, you're playing with the devil and you're showing like who he truly is. And he's not going to like that. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's really scary. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, but yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about, like, you know, like, portraying and, like, invoking the devils and demons and witches in your movies, but I just feel like if you're gonna do that, there's obviously a lot of occults and, like, cults out there that believe in these things, so maybe you would just, like, consult them. Yeah. You know, just to be safe on your set so you're not actually inviting things in. Because I feel like a lot of movies in Hollywood has, like, stuff where they're, like, inviting demons or inviting entities in or they're banishing them or they have spells. And I just feel like people just write it because it's, like, whatever, I don't believe in it. And it's fine if you don't, but, like, what if it was real? Mm -hmm. Talk to your local Satanist. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what I was trying to say. Or talk to your local priest. Yeah. Just be safe. Oh. Sorry if you can hear Luna snoring right now. She's absolutely out. (laughs) I think it's really cute that she, like, moved her head closer to me. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's everything I have on these cursed sets. Do you believe in curses? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I am like, I kind of enjoy the idea of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, no, that sounded really bad. (laughs) Not like that. Like, okay, hold on. on, I think I enjoy. We have like two followers and I'm going to get canceled. It's our parents and they're going to cancel us. Okay. Um. (laughs) No, you can't talk anymore. (laughs) You're not allowed. No more your podcast privileges. <laughs> Done. No, okay. I didn't mean it like that. I I enjoyed the idea of like spooky stuff and ghosts and curses and and witchy stuff and whatever. I don't know if I can let myself like until something knock on wood because I actually don't want it to happen. But until until something like happens that is so blatantly obvious in my face, like spooky although that phone call in the middle of the podcast kind of freaked me out I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie um I don't know I'm I will have a skeptical skeptical bone in my body until 
something proven otherwise. Yeah. You're asking for it. I know I'm asking for it. <laughs> I know. I don't I don't need proof. I believe you. <laughs> I I feel like there's things that are out there that exist in different energies and I I just you know, I'm good. I'm good. I, I believe in you, you do your thing. I I mean you no harm, you mean me no harm. I do believe in like real life like there could be curses and things that exist uh-huh. but i don't think these ones were i think they were just a lot of coincidences that were yeah just yeah like you said just really tragic yeah if anyone's curse it would be roman polanski absolutely like, rightfully so <laughs> yeah like addison barrel's death is just like a senseless murder like it's a tragic mm-hmm. senseless murder that has absolutely nothing to do with the exorcist yeah like i don't believe that that is in any way like a curse i think it was just a like heartless murder mm-hmm. i think it's just worth mentioning that he was in that movie you know? yeah yeah but yeah, i don't think i believe that is part of some like bigger like addison barrel had nothing to do with that movie mm-hmm. it's not like like, what kind of bad energy is coming after him? It's not. It's just that Paul Bateson was, you know, a murderer and a terrible person. Yeah. So. So. Rest in peace, Addison. You didn't deserve that. To all these deaths. Yeah. Oh, speaking of haunted set, um, when they were filming The Nun, mm-hmm. it was, like, filmed in, like, an old castle in Rome. The director or one of the film crew i think it was the director he like walked into a room cameras were rolling and like he like looked over and there were like two men like sitting at a table just like talking and he was like oh like just crew whatever didn't think much of it and he filmed and then they were gone right after the like filming stopped and like he didn't see them again like no one knew about them and he was like i'm pretty sure i saw two like apparitions great the spookiest films that I ever worked on was in an abandoned mental health hospital. It's not actually abandoned. Oh, yeah. Not anymore. But the, it was for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. There's a section that is actually abandoned, and yeah. then there's a working section. We were in the, like, abandoned part mm. filming, mm-hmm. and um, they, like, held us in... Our holding area was just, like, this big hall kind of, with a bunch of tables. Mm-hmm. The crew comes in, and they're like, hey, everyone, we just had to tell you that um, you're not allowed to touch the walls in this building because they are absolutely running rampant with asbestos. So if you touch the walls, you're going to die, and then it's going to be our fault. So don't touch the walls. Oh and I was like, God. awesome. And then you walk down this hallway, and there was, I, like, looked into rooms. They had rooms with these tiny little, like, glass peepholes on the doors. And you would look in, and there was a couple rooms that literally had chains hanging from the ceilings. And I was like, what was that? What could that have possibly been for? Oh, my God. And then you go... This is this was so funny. They were like, absolutely no one in the basement. Like, it's not funny. Don't go in the basement. Whatever. Because then we'll have to rescue you. And you go to the elevator. Um, and they were like, you have to take the stairs. Because the elevator was completely out of order. And there was literally a sign on the elevator that said... Um, <laughs> it was like, caution. Do not use elevator. Sudden drops to basement. 
It's just taking people there express. Literally, it was Tower of Terror. They were like, they were like, yeah, guys, don't go in the basement. Uh-huh. You forgot to mention that the elevator will like only take you there. <laughs> really, not only only take you to the basement, but like drops drop your to ass. the basement. <laughs> what? That was that was by far nothing happened. Yeah. Still, it creeped me out. I did not. I literally, whenever we had to walk to set or anything, I was like, I'm not going alone. Someone has to be right beside me when we walk to set. I'm not doing it. That's everything I have. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Halloween episode. Yeah, you can find us anywhere, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Anywhere and everywhere. Also on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Instagram, TikTok at Flicks and Giggles Podcast. Leave us a comment if you're watching on YouTube, if you believe in curses, mm-hmm. if you believe in these curses. Yeah. Um, and also, what are you being for Halloween? Tell us. We want to know. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. See, See you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Cue spooky music. <laughs> <laughs>